I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Man, Ben really went through with it, didn't he? How about that? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers, which comes your way every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Ben Roethlisberger's contract was dramatically restructured yesterday, as I'm sure you know by now, including his actual take-home pay. And I'm here to tell you that that should not be glossed over. When you hear the term restructuring in football, first of all, it's an every-other-day occurrence this time of year. But for anyone who doesn't understand it, 99.999% of the time, all that's happening is that someone is pushing money back, further back, into the future. That's it. They're not actually giving anything up. They're just giving up when they're getting it. Nothing more to it. In Ben's case, his salary, his actual pay, what he was supposed to receive from the bank, was $19 million, and that'll now be $14 million. Within that, the Steelers will pick up an additional, and don't ask about how this is computed, $15.3355 million in cap space for the coming year. He, of course, had been set to count originally an unbelievable $41.25 million against the cap. would have accounted for roughly 20% of everything that the Steelers were paying out. Within that further, Ben's actual salary will be the league minimum. The rest of his compensation will come in the form of signing bonus. $1.075 million, by the way, is the league minimum in the NFL, in case you were curious. So he did it. He did it. He went through with it. Everything that he started to suggest immediately after the loss to Cleveland in the playoffs, and I mean immediately, he brought it up with us right there on the Zoom call at Heinz Field. He's put into motion. He started talking immediately, immediately about keeping Juju Smith-Schuster, about wanting to make sure that there'd be enough players coming back in 2021 regardless of how other situations, including Marquise Pouncey's, would play out, that he'd have enough players around him, that the Steelers would have enough players that they could make another run. And the question now is whether or not they can do that. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at FuboTV. 
If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable, as most of us do, Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports, and now including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, go to FuboTV.com DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time. FuboTV.com slash DK, 15% off your first month. It took all of, what, 20 minutes for Juju himself to respond to the Ben News by putting on Instagram, let's go, as a direct response to somebody referencing Ben's contract. And by that, of course, he meant, let's get this done. Actually, another reply said, let's talk, which is even more specific. So... Juju wants in. Ben absolutely wants Juju. I've been discussing for weeks here what should be the top priorities in a vacuum, but we're now past the vacuum stage because with Ben in place, the picture becomes a lot clearer about what the 2021 season uh, should be, not necessarily will be, but should be, meaning from a roster construction standpoint. And the payroll is also at least a little bit more clearly defined. I have a feeling, first and foremost, that the principal repercussion of what happened yesterday is that you can forget about keeping uh, anything remotely resembling trinkets on the defensive side of the football. I think you'll see the Steelers still make a push, ideally succeed in keeping both Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton, I don't think you're going to see them, as I was discussing yesterday, doing anything wild like cutting Joe Hayden and or Vince Williams to create additional cap space. I wouldn't be opposed, at least not violently so, to either one of those. But again, it doesn't fit with the whole, hey, we're bringing Ben back and we're trying for one more year to this. It just doesn't. That's now going to be, I was about to say undertone, I should say overtone to everything that Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin and really Omar Khan, the capologist, do here the next two, three weeks leading into NFL free agency, but really over the next two, three months in putting this whole team together. Because let's be honest, everything that you just witnessed over the past month, from Art Rooney's statement about Ben to Kevin Colbert's statement about Ben to Ben using his agent, Ryan Tolner, to come back and say, no, 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 I'm I'm definitely coming back. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. And then Art meeting with Ben, and then Ben giving up a significant percentage of his pay to come back and play under a certain circumstance, that won't have a sequel. Take that much to the bank. That will not happen again following the 2021 season. And what that means, of course, is that this will be Ben's Final year in the NFL. I don't see him leaving the Steelers and having some kind of, uh, you know, 
extra year in some other uniform. Um, Philip Rivers time, if you will. I, I just I don't see that happening. I see this as being the final year for Ben. And as such, imagine everyone shows up in Latrobe and the discussions are going to be wow. I mean, they're just going to be dominated by final year for Ben, final year for Ben. It's going to be the principal theme of this football team to win it now, win it now or else. All this stuff that, you know, how we fussed over a window. What's the Steelers' window? What is their window? What is the, as long as Ben is around, as long as Pouncey's around, Ben is around. This is it. This is it. So you're going to see the Steelers continue to make moves that stabilize the 21 team over anything that happens beyond that. And you know what? That's in their wheelhouse. That's their comfort zone for Colbert and Tomlin. That's how they think anyway. Every year is the last year. Every year is the year that it's Super Bowl or bust. They would have been completely lost, as I had told you a couple weeks ago, had they been forced to concoct anything resembling a plan B. The closest I think you'll see them come to a plan B over the course of either this summer or maybe later into the year is broaching the subject of an extension with Mason Rudolph. And I'm being completely serious when I say that. I do think you're going to see them try to keep Rudolph, who is a free agent after the coming season, and let him know that, hey, we know Ben's not going to be here. We appreciate you being the backup. We expect you to be the starter when he's gone and start really setting up a, a firm succession there. But the rest of it, the rest of it, Ben's going to get Juju. I'll tell you that right now. He just will. He didn't go through all this, and uh, Juju didn't say all the right things, and the Steelers didn't go into arranging all of this with Ben without all three points on that triangle understanding that it had to involve Juju coming back. Now, Juju could be a weirdo about this and just, you know, play hardball and say, you know what, I I appreciate what you all did and everything, but I'm still going to go test the open market. And then you have one team offer him an absolute, you know, goldmine of money and he could leave. So I I don't think this is a done deal by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it's a point where you could see them talk before he gets to the open market. And if Juju's even remotely serious about the things that he said, then they would get it done. And then from there, you got to find a center, which almost has to happen on the free agent market uh, or trade. And from there, you got to find a running back, which will probably happen through the draft. And from there, you got to find tight end or tight ends, depending on what you do with Eric Ebron. And from there, you got to try to address the things on defense that I already made. But you're going to do all of that, all of that from the viewpoint of 2021 and not beyond that. We have to get out of our heads, all of us that any moves the Steelers make between now and kickoff 
will be about anything other than going for one last run with Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback. When we come back, just one question. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's Just One Question comes from G. Tony, who asks, what's more important, a good offensive line or a very good, not great because those are rare, running back? Well, you didn't qualify this. You didn't say what's more important to a running game. So I'm going to take the lazy route here and say absolutely it's the good offensive line because the offensive line also preserves your quarterback's life. And I'm guessing that Ben in his coming final year in the NFL is going to appreciate that aspect more than having somebody pick up a few extra yards. But I'm going to turn serious here and – Assume that you actually meant what's more important to bringing the Steelers' running game out of the NFL's basement, where, of course, they ranked 32nd in a 32-team league last year. My feeling long has been, and I'm going to get football people to support me on this, that the offensive line is more important. Uh, We have seen over the years in Pittsburgh – running backs that weren't necessarily stars, but they had huge holes open up for them. And because the offensive line was also good at pass blocking, they had an offense that would keep the defense honest and on their toes. If you want to know a game that really jumps out for me in this regard, it was Jalen Samuels running for 200 billion yards or 200 billion total purpose yards, I should say, or all-purpose yards against the Patriots a couple of years ago. Remember that? And we all thought Jalen Samuels was like this really special back. Uh, 
Jalen did a bunch of things well in that game, and you'll also recall that Bill Belichick's defense was atrocious at stopping the run. So there were other variables in this, but the biggest variable was that the offensive line, with all the main guys up there, all the names that that you know, were really, really dominant. I mean, they just blew holes out. And when Jalen was running through them, Jalen was just, he, he was just Moses through the Red Sea. There was nothing to it. That one jumps out at me as an example. Now, you also can have the Benny Snell impact in which he can get huge holes and then seek out defenders and run right into them for some reason. So there's, there's also that element. That said... I believe that the Steelers very much had running back issues the last couple of years. Um, James Conner at times, particularly in, in, in 2018-2019, looked like an NFL starting running back, especially right when Le'Veon left. And I don't know if that was just because the offensive line was you know still a little younger then, uh, then they ended up being later in Connor's time here. That could be part of it. I don't know if it was just that the offensive line uh, preferred to do more of that straight-ahead blocking than the delay stuff that they did for Le'Veon. With Le'Veon, they really just had to find someone, seal them, and, and, and hold them. Not hold them literally, of course, but hold the block. And then... With James Conner, it was a more straight-ahead, direct approach. And again, when these guys were younger and they enjoyed run blocking, unlike in 2020, they would knock people off the ball and it made for a different dynamic. Everything that happened in 2020 wasn't James Conner's fault. Everything that happened in 2020 wasn't the offensive line's fault. If the Steelers were to draft Najee Harris... And if you've seen footage of his work, you'll know what I mean when I say this. They'll need to have an offensive line that wants to do that type of blocking. They'll need to have a symbiosis between the two. That's why I'm a thousand percent sure you're going to see Kevin Dotson at starting guard because he was run blocking with such joy that he had people seven yards, eight yards down the field. Chuk Sikorafor loves run blocking. Watch him. Watch him. Most of the guys that were there this past season, and I say this with respect to everything they'd achieved in the past, Really wanted nothing to do with it. Alejandro Villanueva wasn't run blocking at all. Marquise Pouncey, oh boy, I really hate saying anything bad about him, but he he didn't have a good run blocking year there. How's that? Uh, David DeCastro, same thing, same exact terminology. And I didn't think Matt Filer was all that great either. Uh, I'm not leaving you many other options here. As much pain as will accompany having a younger offensive line, a less experienced offensive line, one that hasn't had the chance to gel and have the chemistry that those older guys did, you're going to need that if you have a Najee Harris type that you're handing the football to. And I 
broach that mostly because I'd love to see it. I just would. Everyone's going to be talking about Ben after the the contract adjustment yesterday. And they're going to be talking about, well, can he still do it? Can he do this and that? How about if we find out how much different Ben could be in 2021 than 2020 if he has an offensive line that wants to run block, a running back who can run, who can hit holes, who can assault holes, and ideally, maybe, who knows, wide receivers who don't lead the NFL in drops. All of those things would mitigate an awful lot of concerns about Ben. Really good question. Thanks for that. Uh, Thanks to everybody uh, for listening to this show, uh, not just today, uh, but all week long and, and on a regular basis. I enjoy hearing from you, whether it's the comment section on DK Pittsburgh Sports or on social media or anywhere. If you want to help this podcast out, go to your Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen to these on and leave one of those nice reviews. You know what I'm talking about? Some of them have stars. Some of them have other systems. Leave us a bunch of stars and something nice to say. It's not just to make us feel better. It also helps us with some of the metrics involved in getting our podcast heard by more people. Uh, Thanks again. We'll do this again Monday. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.